What is up, Jabroniacs? Welcome to another episode of the Monday Sessions, the Cal Monday Sessions. Monday Sesh? The Monday Sesh. Anyway, I, I struggle with that. I'm from Long Island. It's hard to pronounce S's. are very tough, especially when you put an H in there. It's, it's complicated. I had a lot of braces growing up. I had headgear, everything. Listen, it's not important. This is not what we're talking about. Um, one thing I will say before we get into it is, remember, we're one patron away from our 20 patron push. So all you need to do, we need one patron, and we'll get new cow art. Stickers go in the mail. The stickers are already out for you guys, but they're limited supply. So do it. Get those now. And also, uh, we'll bring back the Cow Movie Club. You know all that. But not important. What's important is my guest today. We have an incredible guest. Um, Mr. Andrew Goldstein back here on the pod. What is up, my man? How are you, dude? It is good to see you virtually. What's up, brother? How are you, man? You got I'm good, man. I'm so proud of the the comedians of wrestling podcast. Every time I go through my feed, you guys are doing something else crazy and and uh, with better uh, tech yeah. than AEW. So <laughs> you're pretty good. You're in a good place. I'm proud of you. And uh, you know, I'm excited to talk about my show, but I'm also t- excited to just talk wrestling, man. I'm a, I'm a new dad, so I'm like starved for for uh bro time i know i know i know i could see i see new dad in your face and and well two years in but i still feel the new dad you know but two years in is new dad to me yeah you know what i mean but I see it, but uh, I, I, uh, and by the way andrew goes out was it for you people don't know this was a writer for wwe um uh a smackdown writer correct right 2006. Yeah, I mean, you know, you dabble in all the shows, but I was on the SmackDown team. Yes. Right. Well, most of the stuff we've talked about was, was SmackDown related. So I, I always see you as SmackDown guy. Same same way I see Taker and Edge. You know what I mean? That's how I see you. I'm right up there with <laughs> Taker, Batista, and then me, and then King Booker. Yeah, the big gold sign title. Big gold sign. Um, and also, let's just plug it right away. You have an awesome new uh, show, uh, Dark Side of the Ring Confidentials, right? Woo! And yeah, tell them tell them when it's on before we forget to give it a proper plug. And you all know it. Everyone here who's listening to this podcast knows what Dark Side Dark Side of the Ring is. You know, uh, if you don't, you're you know sleeping under a rock, folks. You're jabron. Uh, yeah. Dark Side of the Ring, super successful doc series on Vice. Uh, yeah. Wrapped the second season and leading into the third season, which is coming at you uh, in the late spring, early summer. They wanted to add some time, kind of beef up and freshen up the right. uh, some of the best episodes from the first two seasons because fans love this show so much. But with any documentary, whether you watch it on Netflix or Hulu, whatever, you're watching Mormons killing people, you're watching uh, <laughs> Tiger King, you always end up with like all these unanswered questions, right? All these lingering questions that you got to go to Wikipedia for. Yeah. Well, instead of that, we're just going... Vice basically decided to take eight of the best episodes from seasons one and two and add 30 extra minutes of roundtable chat with the amazing creators, Evan Husney and Jason Eisner. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. I, these are guys I follow who I don't know who I expect to be friends with at some point. You know, they, I, I'll hook it up. They are the most pa- I mean, you're pa- you're like uber, like top tier, passionate wrestling fans. Yeah, yeah, these dudes live it man they walk around in zubaz pants and fanny packs (laughs) they they love it they appreciate it that the uh, and um 
the care with which they approached every subject and the relationships that they made with people like Martha Hart and uh, um, who and like the Kevin Von Erich. They went to Hawaii and spent like a week with Kevin Von Erich in Hawaii, just getting to know him. That's getting nuts. They went to Hawaii. Comfortable. Getting him yeah. comfortable enough to talk about the the death of his, you know, of all his all of his brothers. Wow. Anyway, but what we did is we put Evan and Jason at a at a big big round table, and we put Conrad on the other side of them. Yeah, which is basically what they did. They did this as a podcast, so we basically decided let's put the podcast on TV. So it's Conrad, Evan, and Jason, and leading into and out of every act of the documentary the hour long documentary, you get chunks of that where they, they set up what you're about to see. And then after each act, they, they answer all the questions that when you come out of that act, you're like, wait, who was that guy? What was that box he left under Gino Hernandez's bed? Right. Why was that duel of the butcher talking of, you know, contradicting what Tony Atlas was saying? We answer all those questions plus deleted scenes, bombshell, you know, uh, bombshell deleted scenes, special guests with Tommy dreamer, we have Blue Meanie talking about Owen Hart. We have Mike Kyoto talking about the Montreal Screwjob, which is actually next week's episode. So wow. it, it was um, it was a labor of love for me, for sure. So um, well, yeah, like that's I said, great. I yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. So wait, when it, when is it on? Just make sure we see so this Tuesday, very clearly. Yeah, Tuesdays at nine p.m. on Vice. Dark Side of the Ring Confidential. Like I said, it's the full episode plus an extra thirty minutes broken up throughout the episode and there's like two long acts where we're really showing deleted scenes and and doing interviews and and uh talking to special guests etc etc so it was a um crazy thrill i sneak to a quick tidbit we shot everything in the old ecw arena holy shit really yeah that's a fun story wow that's awesome how why did did they want to do that that's in philly obviously right yeah. Uh, so I'm from Philly and I took the job and right. the idea was we're going to shoot, you know, it's COVID. Everything's kind of really difficult in terms of shooting yeah. off, you know, at, at a location, everybody's remote. And so we were looking at warehouses in Brooklyn to just, you know, like a gritty warehouse vibe, yeah, like yeah. straight up, you know, uh, A&E documentary style. And we had, we had a, uh, we had a warehouse ready, ready to go, but Jason, one of the creators and the director, he was coming from Canada and we were shooting in December and that was right around a big East Coast COVID spike. And when that spike, that pre-holiday spike happened, travel from outside the country, Canada into the US to get into, especially New York, became virtually impossible because of the front end and back end quarantine time and his schedule. We couldn't get him into New York. So we pivoted to Philly, which has had a little, you know, more lax rules. And when I heard Philly, <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Philly, it's like you can, I love you, that. Yeah. There is no COVID. You just give COVID. fucking hoagie to the. <laughs> yeah, get it down. Get it down. Just bribe him with a hoagie. And you're... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll shoot at my Aunt Dot's house. Anyway, yeah. uh, when they said Philly, my eyes got big and I go, dude, I got the best location because, dude, one of the episodes we're doing is New Jack. So I was like, let's shoot everything in the ECW arena. So I told my production manager, call the 2300 arena, tell them what we're doing. Right. And one thing led to another. And that's where we shot. We shot in two, two days in December, you know, um, 
right in the old ECW arena. My big joke all the whole week was I, you know, I, I got hepatitis just from taking a piss. <laughs> I mean, yo, the you, you can't. There's not no amount of bleach that can make the ECW arena. Uh, yeah, like uh, every claim. spot, every spot I saw on the floor, I was like, "That's Danny Doring's blood." The the closest thing I felt to being in anything like that kind of ECW environment, which was, I guess, was like Hammerstein Ballroom 2006, yeah. probably when you were there, like or like right before you were there. Uh, ECW, like I saw the show. I was at that. I was at a show where, like, I think Batista was the ECW champion. <laughs> like, so, yeah, something like that. But everyone was trying to make that energy. Actually, fun fact: that was I was at CM Punk's debut match um, in oh, Hammerstein no. Ballroom. That's right around the time I was with the company because we did a right. couple shows at Manhattan Center. And the story I always tell is, I, yeah. uh, Vince made me sit ringside. For the that um, that big, sh you know, when they they brought Big Show in and Cena, and they they kind of like you know as like a way to needle the ECW fans. Yeah, they kind of invaded. Or that's what I saw. I watched and, and Big Show like, versus. You're seeing like Sabu versus John Cena. Anyway, he sat me ringside because he needed somebody to translate the chants into the headset so he could understand what the fans were saying and then react accordingly. So, wow. So I'm like 25, and it's like my. I'm like a month into the company and I'm sitting ringside at this WWE ECW event yeah. going, uh, Vince, they're saying you suck into the head. I'm saying <laughs> that's a, dude, that's amazing. Can, hey, could you Vince, hear Vince listen, back or no? They're saying you fucked up. You fucked Shut up. Shut the fuck up, Andrew. <laughs> oh, he loved it. He loved it. Could you job. hear Vince or no? What? Could you hear Vince back or no? Yeah. I mean, if, if you heard Vince, you were in trouble. Like if he said, I'm right. I definitely oh. got the uh, go see Vince a couple times in your headset, and that's like the you know dead man walking. Let me ask you something about getting yelled. Have you been yelled at by Vince? We've had a couple guests on the show been yelled at by Vince. Yeah. So like, you've been. I don't think you're doing video, but this close to my face. I am like, doing video. I am. Oh, you are. Yeah. yeah, yeah nose yeah. to nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have told you that. That would be a smart move. We do a video. No, it's, uh, it's mostly audio, but we do. The I would have showered. Well. Listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you look like shit, but folks, we it's did okay. a. Uh, I'm a dad. It's okay. He, wait, he yelled a, at you that close in your face? We, yeah, we did a oh. backstage. I worked with the tag teams. I was a little man on the photo, totem yeah. pole. So I worked with the tag the teams. The tag teams at the time, is that kind of like um, and Kendrick. Kendrick and London? Oh, yeah. I said Kendrick and London. Taylor yeah. and Regal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eminem? Casey and uh, what was his name? Casey and Idol, which is Aaron Idol, Stevens, and Casey yeah. James. Okay. Uh, and uh, they weren't, yeah. But anyway, the, you didn't have, uh, what was it called? What, 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 the Marlena and what, what was yeah, it? Yeah, we brought Morrison? Eminem back. Yeah, Eminem, yeah, yeah. I, I was there when they did the big ladder match on the pay per view when everybody got um, nabbed for elevated enzymes and yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to fill the pay per view, so they booked this like huge ladder match with all the tag teams, mm -hmm. and that's when Joey Mercury's face got split from here to here. I was there for that. Oh shit! But anyway, um, London and Kendrick uh, on Halloween. Um, we were doing this thing where we were trying to set up a love triangle where like Kendrick was like a puppy dog about Ashley Macero, uh, re rest in peace. Yeah. And, and, and we were trying to set up, uh, London as sort of, you know, suave, a bit more sophisticated and, and kind of like thought he had thought he was going to bag Ashley Macero. Kind yeah, of, yeah. 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 You know, like the love triangle. And she we did this thing in the locker room where she walks in in her like 
divas era Halloween costume with like everything popping out. Right. And Kendrick did like a Scooby Doo, yada 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 kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And we used it as a take, and it aired to the house. And Vince saw it, and he go, and they were like, "Go see Vince!" And he threw his headset off when I walked in. Oh yeah, right in my face, and he's like, "That, um, that double take shit went out in the goddamn '80s. Reshoot that!" And he just was right in my face. What the fuck were you thinking? That double take (laughs) shit went out in the goddamn '80s. Vince is above a double take. Yeah, (laughs) like you think they do shit like that now. I know. The they do worse. They do worse yeah. than that. What? Like, how is that too? Like, how is that too hack for WWE? No way. Yeah. You know that that was uh, that was too far for Vince. <laughs> oh my god, that's so fucking hilarious! But getting yelled at Vince, the experience of being yelled at by Vince. Is there is there how much is meta? How much is actually in the moment? Like how much of it is like, yo, this is so dope. I'm getting yelled at by Vince. Like who cares? If he uh, fires me, it's even cooler. Look, man, or no. I say, I've said this on uh, literally a hundred podcasts. I well, got say it job. again, man. I, I got it. this I job. It. I got I got that job way too early in my yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. I was way too young, way too intimidated. So I, there was no part of me that was um, loving Vince screaming at me in front of my face look that's why I, I would love, love it i, I would love, love for you to have that job for like a, for like a few months they didn't hire me last year because vince screaming <laughs> at you like i feel like you guys would roy have roy rage like start chest bumping yeah i've i basically talk on this po- yeah oh yeah i mean i feel like i this is the fucking story of my career is always like i know if i could get there it, i would kill it but the fucking there's always like some kind of stupid barrier in my way like they make me go interview for wb in a suit and they're asking me questions like what would your last manager say about your your skills and i'm like well, I'm a dedicated person. I wake up early. I have a emo- and I'm like, this is not why you want me. This, this is not, not what you want. Me. But you, you do need what? me. You know, if you ever have the opportunity <laughs> yeah. again, you should go in wearing like a Hulk Hogan uh, suit. From <laughs> where there's no sleeves and the, yeah. and the and the dress shirts ripped too. Yeah. <laughs> the second Vince sees how vascular you are, you're hired. <laughs> Bro, yeah. Vince, yeah, he'll be like, yo, look at this guy. Oh. Look <laughs> at this guy. Well, Let's I'm go work out at 3 a.m. Yo, Goldstein, I showed up. All right, I showed up to my interview, okay? And I and 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 I had all these great ideas for booking and stuff, and they didn't ask me. They didn't give two shits about that. What? They're basically like, "Are you cool with being yelled at?" Someone like rewriting all your stuff at four in the morning, and I was like, "Ah, whatever, that's fine." But by the way, I was cool with all that also. But it was it was anyway. The pandemic started, so I don't really know if I would have got it or not. I, but- look, the way they operate, they'll they'll come back around, and you'll hear from them again. I mean. <laughs> But I just I on this pod now I just talk about it because I'm like ah eh, whatever who cares yeah you know whatever. doesn't I mean, matter they cycle through everybody you know so it's just like and then they spit they chew you up and they spit you out so oh yeah that's what I'm saying that's why I don't really get invested in it because I know that like the the way I want to work there if I do work there is going to be in the capacity of keep pushing the shit that I'm doing already yeah. and then yeah. get noticed that way over being interviewed as a en- entering writer I mean. It was crazy because they didn't hire me. I was working on a Netflix show. I thought you're like, all right, I can't work at WWE, but I can work at Netflix. All right. Anyway, I have questions for you that I want to get to. Please bring it. Let's go. Because you, you, I wrote down a couple things from what you said, and I don't want to skip this stuff. First question is, yo, so in in the show, right? Um, do you, 
I do you guys try to decipher what is kayfabe and what is not like what is shoot me, meaning wrestlers I feel like even when they get shoot interviewed don't remember the truth they I feel like they even work themselves at the shoots and blah 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 right. notoriously Hogan has five different stories for oh. the Andre thing you know uh, what I mean I, I split all 13 ribs when I lifted <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Like I don't yeah, know how Matsuda broke my leg into eighteen pieces, brother. <laughs> right. So you're like, how do you, do? You, do you guys try to cut through that at all, or what? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great question. So obviously, I didn't make the documentaries; those right. dudes did, and they certainly dealt with that. I mean, we mm-hmm. get so if you watch the uh, Bruiser Brody episode, which is coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, I saw you, that already. Right? Wasn't that the first episode? Well, yeah, I'm saying yeah. the original episode is there, right. but our version. You're going to get Jason and Evan talking a lot about kayfabe and how deeply Brody kept kayfabe and how kayfabe played a part in Brody's untimely death. Because when he got stabbed in the locker room, most of the people who were being told, hey, we have an emergency, there's a... There was, an, there was a stabbing in the babyface locker room. The guys in the heel locker room thought it was a work. Right. The people in the stands thought it was a work. The people who worked at the arena, it was Puerto Rico in the 80s. They were like, oh, it's part of the storyline. Oh, my the, God. The, the fucking EMT who showed up thought it was a storyline. So they, Evan and Jason get super deep into uh, kayfabe and the fourth wall and you know breaking it down. And also next week, on Tuesday, the Montreal Screwjob episode. Yeah, which I saw I, that as well. This topic has been this topic has been talked about to death. But in our episode, like Evan and Jason, really get into how um, that was the sort of watershed moment where the fourth wall came down and and Cape Fame, you know, kind of, you know, was obliterated because. Uh, it's when people understand wrestling. People like get the appeal of it through the screw yeah. job. And, and I will I'll also say that was a big goal of Evan and Jason's for making Dark Side of the Ring right. the series was, and they tell the story in uh, in one of our episodes in in I think Brody because it's the it's the pilot and it was the or- right. it's the origin story of the show is that they when they came together as filmmakers they they first went to Hollywood pitching a scripted series right. Because, and everybody in Hollywood kind of like turned up their nose and laughed. And they were like, all right, well, we're going to have to go make a documentary right. to show Hollywood that the stories in wrestling are way more interesting outside of the ring than they are inside of the ring. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to do some education. So right. a lot of, you'll hear it from Evan and Jason throughout the Confidential series talking about how they had to educate people who might be watching the show who aren't wrestling fans. So you get, especially in Screwjob, you get a lot of the backstage politics and the and the inner workings of like heel versus face and yeah. and kayfabe versus, you know, uh, you know, breaking the fourth wall and, and all right. that stuff. Yeah, I, that, that's awesome. I got I got I got to meet those dudes cuz it's so interesting because you you were like trying to compare my let's make this about me for a second, why not, right folks? Please. You're trying to compare my Mark Dome to them. And I do think that's really interesting and part of the appeal of wrestling is like how there are completely different kinds of fans. Like I am not like a historian fan. That's not right. like the kind of like I'm enjoying wrestling like the same way that a kid is in, like not a kid because I like, you know, I'm always breaking the, you know, I, I like the backstage stuff. I'm very into the work shoot elements of wrestling, but I like to follow the current 
story. I like to follow wrestlers' careers. I'm not. I don't kind of like live in the '80s or whatever, you know. Okay. Which is, it's a beautiful. It's, it sounded derisive. I don't like. No, that. it sounded, does, yeah. I don't take it. I, Look, I think I, my way is kind of rare for a guy my age where I'm kind of like a little more with the current. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're of the sort of Zack Ryder, Brian Myers. Two Long Island dudes? The Cardonas? The three Long Island dudes? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, look, I am self, I am admittedly the most curmudgeonly 80s yeah. were the best. Jim Crockett promotions, world class UWF mm-hmm. mark you'll ever meet. Like, obviously, I loved. Hogan and Savage and Hogan and Orndorff was the was the moment that hooked me and that was a huge part of my childhood. But yeah. the stuff that really fascinated me were the mag covers, the bloody mag covers, and like catching, you know, J- Jim Crockett promotions on Channel Seventeen in Philadelphia with the bunny ears on my TV, like thinking it was like, oh, WWE, WWF, that's like fun. Yeah. And then when I flipped the channel at noon to worldwide NWA, that was real. Like those dudes were really just pulling up in the parking lot being like, it's time to kick some ass. Whose ass am I going to kick? I'm wearing jeans with knee pads over them and cowboy boots. Right. Uh, like Kenny Omega. Uh, but um, yeah. Although I, Kenny Omega wore boot cut jeans, which I, which I was just like, you already lost me, buddy. No one told them. They, no one told the Canadians that if you put a knee pad on a pair of jeans, they become bell bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all wrestlers listening to this podcast, you can't wear bootcut jeans with your skinny no. wrestling shoes. No. You're going to look ridiculous. Shout you out look to like Triple disco- H, the bootcut king. Yeah, it's a, it's a little disco inferno. Um, exactly. You're, you look like the Young Bucks. Yo, do you know who the one? Someone told me this story. Maybe it was someone, one of our mutual friends. The story about they're walking into a Vegas strip club. And they and they they walk by the bouncer and then they took like what? took three steps back and were like, "Are you Disco Inferno?" And he was like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, cool," and just kept walking. Is that someone we know? Someone told me the story. I can't I remember mean, who it was. Everybody's got a you know. I I went to Cheetah Club on a bachelor party and I started asking people if the Godfather was there, like you know. Oh yeah, to light it up. So those are all. <laughs> I mean, if you know, yeah. if you know, you know. So it's like if you know Disco Inferno and. And Godfather work in those clubs, you know. Okay, here's another question. Ready? Dino Bravo. Um, We didn't do that episode, but I love that episode. I didn't even see the Dino Bravo episode, but I got to watch it because I was reading about Dino Bravo. And then I was like, I got to watch the Dark uh, Side of the Ring episode. By the way, fun. I just want to make sure I tell this to my listeners. Like, if you don't have Vice on TV, by the way. I, I was able to go download the app to my Apple TV, and then they give you like six episodes to watch for free first. Right? I would also tell you that Dark Side of the Ring has their own YouTube channel. Every episode is there. Uh, my episode, and then my episode is you know the confidential episodes are going to be there. So you can totally, if you don't have it on on your your one of your apps or linear TV, you you can find it on YouTube. So I have an obsession with all the like real jacked guys, you know, who came through wrestling, like the huge guys, like the Dino Bravos and shit. Yeah. So like, w- did he get killed because of a legal cigarette? Um, yeah. Canadian mafia is that? I gotta watch the episode. But you gotta I read watch that. the episode. It's great. And what's cool about the episode? And again, we didn't we didn't do our you know we didn't do the confidential treatment on this episode. So this is just me talking as a fan of right, the show. right, right, right. But they. 
I mean, they really opened my eyes to how big of a star Dino Bravo was before he went to WWE. Like, he was a giant legend right. in Canada. So when he died, that was big news. That was huge. I mean, right. that was huge news. But yeah, he um, he got into some shady shady uh, shit with the cigarette trade in in Canada. Canada. He, he basically was executed, mob, you know, mafia style in his living room. People don't realize that, that right? He got he, he like yeah he straight up got you know like a, a gun to the head like right back of the head like classic style in right? his in his reclining chair right. People, I so this made me kind of go into. I was listening to some podcasts. I don't remember what they're called about the Canadian mafia and stuff. Canada is shadier than people realize. Oh, I think yeah. Canada is painted in America for Americans like this, like Haven, like Michael Moore's, like the doors are open. You know, like all, all those moments, and, and 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 Trudeau, he wears fun socks. But yo, Canada gets hard, man. Well, I mean, most, <laughs> of, the, most of the country lives in like below frigid temperatures. Yeah. So when when it's when it's that cold, you're reduced to doing some some uh, inhumane shit. But yeah. The, the, the thing, I'm a big true crime junkie too. And so yeah. what was cool about making this series was it, it was like a Venn diagram for me of like, I love wrestling and I love true crime. And a lot of these episodes like combine that for me. Like Gino right. Hernandez is a complete true crime story. Uh, Brody, huge true crime story. So I got to like, you know, in my professional hours of the day, stuck here i mean i'm not stuck but in my house you know we're all living in this crazy right. backwards universe and to spend my professional hours getting to like this you'll appreciate this having worked in in tv yeah like i'm having conversations at like in my professional hours with like our rights and clearances lawyer talking about like okay listen i need the chamber of heart the wcw chamber of horrors b-roll where abdullah the butcher gets electrocuted yeah. like i just need it so do we have to fair like we were having fair use conversations about pictures of jericho and lance storm from smoky mountain as the thrill seekers wow like, i was that's where i was like on half of my brain was doing business and the other half was marking out right like, we're talking about jim Cornette falling from the scaffold right because I, I want that footage because they're talking about it at the table and i want to match it with b-roll and we have to go get that B-roll. We have to go license that. Right. We're having these like professional licensing, uh, fair use conversations, but it's about all of these legends that that I'm completely fascinated with. Let me let me ask you something. Where's Vince at on NWE? What is their stance on the show? Like, are, are they? They don't. I, I believe. I don't want to speak out of turn, but yeah, they. I don't believe that they are very uh, forthcoming and very. Yeah. You know, look, a lot of the episode, the, the guy, Evan and Jason put out like, hey, got, you know, fan, the fans are so rabid. They're always like, what episodes do you want us to do? Whose right. story do you want us to tell? And so many of those ideas, unfortunately, get kiboshed a little bit because the main subject is kind of under lock and key by Vince. Right, because you can't get access. Because you were talking about footage, I was like, you can't get a lot of that footage. So, yeah, and that's why I was having fair use conversations and like, like right. you know, um, but luckily the guys are so smart about how they made these documentaries. Like they, you have to watch them, but they, they I've seen them. I've watched the Von Eric. I've yeah, seen like figured, five or six or I've probably seen the whole figured out, season. They figured out creative ways to, to get around not being able to like freely you or license WWE footage. Right. Is what I'll say. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. 
so you got an episode of New Jack coming up, which is interesting to me because oh, you don't. No, we do. Oh, oh I thought you said you can't say it. It's so insane. Oh, yeah, because I I recently rewatched Beyond the Mat, you know, and they they interview New Jack, and he's like going to Hollywood, right? Do you remember that? Where where is yeah. he at now? What's up with New Jack? I, they tell the whole story in our show. Yeah. You'll see that uh, coming up. But he, uh, I don't know anything about New Jack past well, Beyond the Mat. I, is that crazy? What's like, so crazy is <clears throat> excuse me. I was in college in Philadelphia at Temple University, right? 96 to 2000, basically the height of ECW. And I had no idea ECW was happening. Right. Right. And I look back at that now and I'm just like, dude, I would have, I, that's where I would have been spending every weekend would have been. Right. So basically I missed all of the ECW stuff. I watched it very tangentially. And so things like to watch the episode, the, the new Jack episode yeah. and then to work, of, you know, to take that episode and, and build on it. I yeah. learned so much. Like I didn't know he stabbed that dude in the ring, and we and they show you know they show the footage of yeah. One of the most compelling pieces of tape they have is D'Lo Brown. They they gave they give D'Lo Brown a laptop, and right. they have D'Lo watch the match where D, where Jack stabs the dude. Oh oh oh! Is it's out fucking rageous to watch what? a guy literally stab a guy in a wrestling ring like not as like a work. Yeah, I mean. Could there be anything crazier? Probably not. That's it's, it's like insane. But to your original question, where is he now? I mean, they tell the whole story of reaching out to him, yeah, pitching him the pitching him the show, right. asking him to come on, and basically he gave he he gave them a bunch of like one word. He was just like, yeah, 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 and then they hung up and were like, I think we got new Jack. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. And they were uh, like, hey, we're I, doing this documentary. Like he he basically was one word answering them. Yeah. And then they showed up, they set up the interview and the second they, they, the light went on, he became new Jack and, and went right into telling the, the stories. And Dude, I mean, awesome. he has, we get into it in the episode. He is remorseless, completely right. remorseless. Wow. Wow. That's cr- I, so is that episode out the new, the original one, the, the original new Jack episode exists. Yes. And then we did. And then, like I said, we built, 30 extra minutes sort of unpacking all of the, the, the just crazy illegal. Uh, We get into, we get into a lot of the, uh, like what, where's the line in wrestling beat you know, between cooperation and assault. Yeah. Like I just watched the David Arquette, Arquette came on here. And so I watched, did you, I don't know if you saw it like that moment, he gets like yeah he gets nicked in the ring it's yeah with the light tubes it's fucking crazy and you're like why is this happened today like why i don't know it's it's so frustrating i don't know i'm not, where are you at on like death matches and stuff where where where, where do you live my, it's not my bag it's not my thing and i think in the third season they're doing a bunch of death match guys right they're talking about. I don't know any of that world. I am no, me so, either. I, I don't like it. I mean, I don't, I don't like it. But then when Kenny and Moxley did it, I was I loved it. I mean, besides the you know the ending, obviously. But the the yeah, well, it loved. I I mean, I love sparklers personally, so I thought that was a good time. I I actually whatever. I have like we're talking about the AEW. I'm not a big like I've watched yeah YouTube footage of the Japanese death matches and the exploding barbed wire and uh, you know. I don't know. I like I like a I like a boring old 
you know, horsemen and horsemen beating up Dusty and breaking his leg. Like that to me right. is all you need. Well, it's crazy. It's like it's crazy because I was we watched that and then I happened to come across a clip of Ray Phoenix and Will Ospreay like having like basically a gymnastics off, you know, and like, you know what I'm saying? And um, and I watched it. It's so funny because I I kind of I used like I I was a big defender or whatever. I, I was watching. Remember when Ricochet and Will Ospreay did that match that like Vader was talking shit about? It was like a big controversy. They're all like, "This isn't wrestling because they're not fighting; they're just doing acrobats." Yeah. And I'm like, and my my view is still that like there's room for all of it in wrestling. Like that's what's so beautiful about it is that like you're like, hey, well, yeah. the, it's same thing. It's like I'm a different kind of fan than Evan, and, and like and 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 you, and and th- there's more to it. Like it's it's there's so much history to it. There's so many facets of being a fan to it. That I'm like, oh, well, there's different kinds of wrestling and this and that. I happened to scroll across this Will Ospreay Ray Phoenix match and I was like, what is, I just, I was like, this isn't wrestling. I like, I have, I, they must have caught me yeah. in a mood or yeah. something where I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, this, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I felt, I was I am, surprised I acted like that, you know? I am, I am that guy. I right. do not, I, on, I have a text chain with, you know, the cheap beat guys. Yeah. Brooks, you know, we have the our whole Jew World Order thing. Yeah, absolutely. We talk about it all the time, and to me, like the shit people pop for now, <laughs> yeah. is the the sort of choreographed, like gymnastic, uh, synchronized swimming type uh, work rate of that this new generation. And I, I've I've for the longest time had like the you know I'm so curmudgeonly so like out of the Jim Cornette mold, right. which says a lot of terrible things about me. But MV, um, MVP explained it to me in a really dope way. Uh, that kind of made me sort of sit down a little yeah. bit and go to where you are, which is there's room for all of it. And the way he explains it is like, you got to understand that because I'm coming at it as a 40 plus year old. And so that's how I'm calibrated. Right. These, this whole generation of wrestler grew up on video games and superhero movies. So to them, that's the goal. Like the, to right. achieve, to achieve the athletic, um, demonstration to to achieve the 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 athleticism that those that, that yeah they're people, trying to be like captain america in the ring I mean? yeah they they want to do what that's why you see ricochet do what he does right because but the guys in who came up in the 70s and 80s they were looking at charles bronson movies and and schwarzenegger movies right. where it was punch kick throw through glass you know slam against brick wall one, two, three, go home. Yeah. Right. So it's, I, once I heard that it made sense to me and I was just like, yeah, okay. These kids, they, they were all, they were all brought up and reared on video games and superhero movies. And that's why they all have logos on their tights. They yeah. all have superhero logos. Yeah. They're all in that. They're, they're all inspired by that. Yeah. Holy shit. Sorry. There's Fine. a lot of wind and I think a big branch just hit my roof. That was crazy. Really? Go check it anyway, out. It's fine. Wow. I, I get it. Um, it's not a big deal. Uh, yeah. So with superheroes, yeah, you say because they all that, have logos. That just made that that just um that just sort of put it into context for me, and now I kind of don't complain as much about it. But it does it does rankle me. I don't I don't love that style of wrestling. Well, I I think you have to find. Uh, listen, 
like what you're going to like. I'm not sitting here being like, this is not wrestling, like just a, whatever, like that's Cornette style. See, there's a difference. You can agree with Cornette and not act like Cornette. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, right? So there's that, uh, that vibe. But I was watching this clip and it never ends in somebody taking, uh, 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 taking impact, right? It ends with them both standing like superhero style, right? Like the Avengers, right? They, they're both like, wow, we both. And then, then I start going like, all right, so if we're just countering each other. So I guess we countered each other into, back into neutral. I guess it's kind of fun. Look, it's awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll applaud it, but it's not the kind of clip where I am going to share to someone. And it, even though it's more impressive than anything else I but share. Very I, interesting. I have definitely in my past gotten into Twitter back and forth with the Young Bucks because I, I used to rip them on Twitter oh about God. like they don't sell, which they don't. And, <laughs> you know, like Matt Jackson will be like, he'll fucking get thrown on his head on the concrete floor and he'll get up and he'll just be like, oh, no, they don't, don't sell. They don't sell. It's just true. They, so <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that drives me crazy. And, and so I used to like tweet about it and then they would come back at me and this and that. And it's just like, it's not worth, it's not worth uh, being get off my lawn about it because like you said, there's room for everything. We're, we're in the, what I call, we're in the kitchen sink era where everything we're getting everything. Yeah. There's no, there are no boundaries. And so I marvel at it, but to me, it's a different discipline. What they well, do. Absolutely. Flair and steamboat did. Absolutely. All of this to say, my whole point was we were talking about death matches. And I was like, well, I'm not a death match guy, but I'll watch. Like, I thought Kenny and Mox did a match where I was like, I could watch it. I didn't feel like it was so gross. I felt like they were, it was it was fun. I was having fun. I don't particularly care. Like, oh, those charges don't look real. There's that. Now, the finish is a different story. That's a separate yeah, point. But whatever. I was like, then so I'm like, oh, I'm open. I'm open uh, 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 to it all. But the pure deathmatch guys where they're like, I come to the ring. I wear a shirt. No one knows if I'm in any kind of shape at all. Um, yeah. I, you know, like and you're like that. And they just like hurt people like Arquette. Like I'm, those will never be one of my guys. You know, but I'll, I'll give you the other side of the coin too. the yeah. other thing that drives me crazy is the WWE style, which is, Hey, we're going to have a steel cage match or we're going to have hell in the yeah. cell. Which is the most, yeah. the most excruciating, what do they call it? The most excruciating match and whatever. Yeah, 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 they don't even touch the cage. No. And then, and, and one of them got called for being too violent. <laughs> dude, I, what is it? Two Smackdowns ago. They had, a, they had the cage match with Daniel Bryan and, and Jey Uso. Yeah. The match ended in a fucking submission and yeah. I went crazy. I went, I went like, you know, concussion uncle crazy right. on on my text chain because I was like, what kind of what kind of steel cage match ends in a submission? I mean, I guess one where you first headbutt off the top and then lock the submission. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> like, so, so somewhere in the middle of having a cage right. match or having a stipulation match where you don't even use the the surrounding yeah. for violence as a threat. And then death matches somewhere in the middle. We can all we can all have fun. Yeah, I mean, there's something for everybody. It's all good. I mean, I pre I'm a fan of Osprey and Phoenix, I, uh, especially Phoenix. I really like he's awesome. He does some great works on AEW. He's one of the like, greatest talents right now. I I'm bummed he's not more jacked, bigger, and I wish he would cut some promos. You know, I always need a promo. I, I know I take a lot. Of, sometimes I take heat because. Uh, I overemphasize the power of promo, and I'll never say that's true. 
no, I believe you're talking the right. I mean, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. gotta be able to talk. You I have to cut promos. I love. You need it. I, I can't. There's so many. I mean, whatever. I just become complaining, complainerson about AEW. But there's so many like skinny, out of shape dudes, like student wrestlers. They got yeah. to me. They got to cut their roster in half. Right. They have way too many dudes that like aren't in shape. And look, I watched Croc. I watched NWA when I was a kid, and barely anybody was in shape. But at least they looked intimidating, and like they could kick your ass in a bar. Right. But right. Like Chuck Taylor looks like like me with my shirt off. <laughs> Bro, first off, what percentage of the AEW roster am I more jacked than? I mean, it's close to eighty. I want to say. And they keep bringing. <laughs> and I'm and not being. Keep- what yeah. they keep bringing these WWE guys in who more who like morph them in size yeah. and and stature. Yeah, I mean, when when your boy Zack Ryder showed up for like two matches and then went to TNA. Yeah, but when he showed up, he was the big he was the biggest guy on the roster. He he he, yeah. he looked he looked like Big John Stud compared to the to to those guys. Yeah, I mean, look, I always talk about size. Like Bobby Lashley wins the title, and my immediate response is like, "Hey, everybody, remember that there's always room for a nice jacked up dude in wrestling. Like, yeah. there's never that. that don't, I don't care how we go. Like, I, uh, uh, I, I'm fine. I'll watch Kevin Owens. I'll buy into it. I'll suspend my disbelief. That's what's fun about wrestling. And and someone like CM Punk can get over on the microphone and believably be able to beat up guys like Batista, Undertaker, Cena, huge guys who have a hundred pounds of muscle on him. That's fine. But that does not that does not take away from the base reality of pro wrestling, which is it's fighting, and it's you well, you're, and strength yeah, and based. That, you know that's what drives me crazy a lot across the board, which is when the when the pretense of it's a fight gets yeah. lost. Right. That's I think if I boil it down, that's when it drives me crazy. When it's just like this is supposed to be a fight. Talk, talk your way into the into the the confrontation as if you're getting into a fight and then make it look like a fight. There's so many matches across the board in all of the companies that just don't look like a fight. They just look like, I mean, we're all getting into Jim Cornette platitudes of like, it looks like a stunt, you know, a stuntman competition. Sometimes it really does. Yeah. So see, but see some, I think there's a place for it. Like, I don't know why I think tag wrestling is a great place for it. I think like I'm into like stunt tag wrestling. It's why I, I love the Young Bucks. Well, because I, you get the double teams and everything, right? Like like I'll, like Young Buck. I'll watch Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros like all day. I love the yeah. way they play that. Like just, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, there's a there's definitely a good point. Chucky e. T is this is where I want to go back to. Chuck Taylor's the guy who I ripped on in this podcast one time, and I and I was like, what? Like he's an example of what? I don't understand your deal. Like. You're a pro wrestler. Like this is what you're doing with your life. You know, wouldn't you do everything you can right. to look awesome? Like I do that, and I'm a fucking comedian. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. I'm like, yo, I gotta, I got because I like wrestling. I'm like, I got these guys. I can't because, and I get that's probably the difference between me and some other fans is that like these guys are like, I look at Orton every day, and I'm like, wow. Wow, and I'm like, yeah. I gotta at least be striving to this to to be doing my best as part of humanity. And these guys are like, I'm just gonna suit up. I'm gonna have no, like, not even try, not go to the gym at all, and that, and no one cares. Like, that's what drives me nuts. You know? I agree, dude. I mean, that's why, like, at least Orange Cassidy. Look, he is a small, yeah, small dude. He's shredded, but least, dude. But at least he's in shape. Yeah. Chuck Taylor comes out, and I guess he's a great guy. 
But like, he looks like when sitcoms do wrestling and like the sitcom character is thrown into the ring and puts tights on. Right. And like, sometimes you can't, so then I'll take, I'll take heat from, uh, 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 one of the dudes who's on the show a lot and, 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 and he'll be like, what about a lot of what about isms, you know, a lot of what about isms, you know? And I'm always like, that guy is menacing. Like that guy, I'm not. I'm not thinking about his physique because he has an interesting character. Like some of these guys, if it's like Bray Wyatt, he's like a big fat guy. I'm like, yeah, but his acting is great. Like just and 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 uh, he plays into his type. You're like, I'm not saying every person has to be in like Diesel perfect shape. Like Kevin Owens for a while, who's in awful, awful shape, right? I I'm into Kevin Owens because I he, I love Kevin Owens. He's one of my guys. Great wrestler. Uh, because he, I bought into. Remember when he came into Cena? You're like, oh, I bought into. Like he's an indie guy. He's his son's favorite wrestler is John Cena. There was a great story there, and he's like, I have to do it this way. But what I'm saying is, some of these guys, you're like, dude, you're you need to go to the gym. You just need to. There's a difference between not being in shape right. and being like not being in shape the way Owens or I mean Bray Wyatt's Jack now, but back in the yeah. day, I mean. If you look like you could tear some shit up in a bar, right. you're like you're fine with me. Like that's my point. Kevin Owens, we've all grown up with the fat kid who has way too much strength. Yeah, like Kevin Owens, I buy it. It's just, and that's why you can't do what aboutisms in wrestling. You have to just go by, like you have to go by the uh, the the talent. But like Bobby Lashley being the champ, I'll never have. I'm not interested in it. I'm not a fan. I've never been a Bobby Lashley fan, but he. He belongs with the WWE title when you look you at the want, rest of the guys, you know. Do you want Lashley Lesnar? Yeah, I, I that match, I would, I would be into that. That's, I would. To me, that's the last money. That's like the last money match that they have left. Yeah, because I think the the cool thing with Lashley, he's just Lashley is just he's such a charisma suck. I am into Edge Roman though. I you know I'm into it. Do you it. think they're gonna put Daniel Bryan in that match? I fucking hope not. I really hope not. Does he drive you crazy? Because he he looks like you could beat him up. No, well, even though we love we love Daniel Bryan, it's I'm a huge Daniel Bryan mark no. because yeah, Daniel Bryan like has done some incredible shit. He's had some great matches. He is in great shape. He's small though, and yeah. they play into his size a lot. It's starting to there's he's starting to get into a territory where I'm like like t- this week he was wearing like a flannel shirt, you know, and I was like. You know, you start. I take a stump. You think about when people. I, I do this thing like if someone walked by the screen, right? Like one time, my mom walked by the screen, and she was saw Roman Reigns and was like, "Who is that?" Exactly. Right. That's that's, that's, <laughs> Vince, that's Vince McMahon's whole philosophy. Right. Is, is who's the guy? You know, who's the guy that's going to grab that's larger than life? You know, yeah. just recently, what's driving me crazy is all these wrestlers. All these wrestlers now have short hair because that's sort of what what works in society but in wrestling you're supposed to be larger than life you're supposed to be you know different and i i just miss long hair like to yeah. me like they like aw debuted ethan page and he looked like a guy on an improv team you know, i got like, so many texts of people being like what's this guy's what who's this guy and then people were telling me that like they're a guy on an improv team i almost let that slide that was fucking good that's it. Yeah, I almost missed that. Yeah, like, he does. He's just like the good-looking guy at the comedy club, and I'm just like, you know, when like Mira, um, Mira Rusev, when he had long hair, looked like a badass. The yeah. second he cut his hair, I was just like, I'm out. Yeah. No, it, it, listen, long hair is a thing in wrestling. There's you gotta a thing. Look like a, you gotta look like 
a soup. I mean, look, I was just five minutes ago ripping on the superhero culture, but you gotta look like a superhero. I know, but it, then my 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 beef is like, it is like. All right, fine. If then we got to give wrestlers more respect in society. If you got a guy like who these, the shit these guys do, like if they if they're gonna start emulating superheroes, then why are we applauding Chris Evans for doing uh, CGI flips? You know what I mean? Fuck it. I'm over Marvel. Fuck like, Marvel. Why? why have, <laughs> I mean, one of the reasons. Nah, I watch all the Marvel shit. What? One of the reasons Dolph Ziggler has had this like epic 15-year career is because he looks like a goddamn god. So I didn't bring up Ziggler because I have an ob- – Ziggler's my friend, okay? So I have an obvious bias, but I almost brought him up, and I do it too much, you know, and I admit I have a Ziggler bias. But he really is like – his gear always looks great. He looks fucking awesome. I even talked to him about his training. Like he trains to always be ready to go. Like you I know, follow him on Instagram. I see, it. I see yeah. this stuff he does. I mean, he and Bobby Roode look – Incredible as right. a tag team. And there's no, there's, it's, yeah. They match their gear. Like they hit all, yeah. they hit all of the criteria for me. They match their gear. <laughs> they look like a million dollars. Hot dudes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I need. I but, know. But one last thing, Chuck Taylor, yeah. go back to the Verizon store where you work and like get a gym membership at the LA Fitness and come back in like a year. Like I, I can't like you and also Joey Janela is another one. Like, dude, I get it. You you do crazy extreme stuff and you have this like rock this sort of like rock star gimmick, but like you look like shit, man. He he and he looks worse and worse by the minute. And you're like, I and I, I sometimes I'm like, what? I I I can't uh yeah, I I, I can't pull myself away from that where I'm kinda like, yo, I mean, like, you know, it matters. Like it matters. It matters because we're trying to get this thing over. We, we all want wrestling to be the biggest thing going, right? So then, then you and I can unapologetically work in wrestling all year, right? Whatever, It'd be great. But we can't do it if we're gonna have to keep suspending our disbelief more and more and more and more, and then it becomes this niche thing. I Chucky, T, I used to go to PWG out here all the time. You know, when I first moved yeah. here, uh, people were like come to PWG, and I and it's awesome. I, it was like the best thing about LA. Those PWG shows, they were so sick. Maybe guys were getting over it, and I'd just be like, I, and I see them. Some of them have like done, since I've seen them, have made the right changes. For example, Jay White. I was at Jay White's first PWG match. His physique from now till then, and now what he's looking like in New Japan, I mean, he's charrette. Like, he looks like a fucking yeah. wrestler. He's got that beard, long hair. He looks like zero to hero. He was like, I know what I got to do. To get over in this game, but the amount of wrestlers who don't, there must who who are, who are who are don't do the basic shit you need to do to look to look like a star, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. You know, I agree. Yeah, I, especially I mean, you like you. I'm I'm dad bod all day, but you yeah. are like sitting here squatting and and the whole and, and deadlifting, and it's just like you're putting in more work than than a lot than so many of these dudes that are earning paychecks. Well, that's the thing is that like I I also under I, I also think part of me and this is maybe part of my sickness 
uh, is like that I have to, if I'm going to talk about wrestling, I, I, I'm, I, I, I am a body guy. I hold the wrestlers to high standards yeah. so that if people here are like, oh, well, Dan does work. You know what I mean? <laughs> so then yeah. I can, I, it gives me more uh, 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 of ground to stand on. But maybe I should, you know, uh, maybe I should just get fat. Who cares? And still right. grow my mouth. Well, that was one of my favorite segments of yeah. two curmudgeonly guys yelling, <laughs> yelling at very yeah. talented wrestlers. Uh, who uh, make more money than us that are doing great in their lives, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, yeah. Well, listen. We like what we like. Let's just round it out, and we'll plug the show one more time, Andrew, because I know you got to go. You're 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 taking care of a child. But listen, I still think we can like what we like, and it shouldn't trigger people. It shouldn't get people upset. Like that's what's beautiful. Same thing. I always talk about Magic the Gathering, the card game. I love it. You could play it in a million different ways. I play it since my kid, also just like with wrestling. There's million days to, ways to play it. Some people have certain play styles where I'm like, I don't even understand. You don't. They don't like to interact with other players. They just want to win on their own, combo out, whatever. Okay, I don't understand how you like that at all. Like, why do you want to play a game with another person where you don't interact with them? Why do you want to play so competitively that the game's over in four seconds? I don't know. But we all like the game, right? That's the point. Is that it's bigger than than how you play it, and that's with wrestling. There's so many ways to like it. There's so many entry points. There's so many facets of it. You know, it's a beautiful circus. I respect anybody that has a passion the way we do about something. Yeah. Okay. So the series that I produced before confidential at the start of quarantine was a video game daily, a daily video game sort of news uh, show for Quibi. And I am not a video game guy. Um, but you are but, a Quibi guy, right? Yeah. You're a big Quibi, Quibi guy. guy. But the, uh, but the reason I was able to get into it and yeah. sort of, sort of jump into that world briefly was because the pe- the guys on my team, the guys and girls on my team loved video games the way I love wrestling. And I immediately was able to click with them, right? Bro, Even passion, know, baby. Passion. passion. I don't yeah. know the esoteric details about, you know, um, uh, Fortnite and, and uh, the game with the island. Uh, the game with, where you build your island. Oh, Virgin Island, right? No, no, no. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, anyway, I couldn't relate to The them. Sims. It's The Sims. It's the, Sims the other one with the... Civilization? I, I can't remember. Anyway... Legion, but, League of Legends? League of Legends is one. But the yeah. reason I was able to like do that job is because I had the... I walked in with an appreciation for their, for their passion. And that, that's really... That's sort of like the bottom line of all of it. We can complain. We can bitch. We can say what we like, what we hate. And we can rip on um, skinny dudes in wrestling. But at the end of the day, it's like all of these dudes have a passion for it. So yeah. at, at that base level, I respect I respect everybody. I, I respect everybody that, 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 that loves something the way you and I love wrestling. Absolutely. I, absolutely. It's great. I love that everyone loves everything. They love their opinions. And I love when people rip. A lot of listeners love to rip on my opinions. And I love that they keep coming back because that's part of the beauty is like, is, is shitting on me for what I like and you like what but you it's like. It's ours. all good. It's great. It's so fun. Ours. Yeah. It, it belongs to us. We can't quit it. I've been, I've been watching wrestling since fucking, I've been trying, you know, I've been doing this thing um, re, over, over, during quarantine, I, I, I've been trying to pinpoint 
where what I did. I know I know the the moment that hooked me. Yeah. But I've been trying to figure out where I discovered wrestling, like how, like when the exact moment in time was, because yeah. there are these sort of markers that, like, uh, the U.S. Express was in all my magazines, like right. Rotunda and Rotunda and Wyndham right. were in my magazines as the champion. But I have no, I never saw them on WWF TV ever. I only saw them in the magazines. I, so it's somewhere, anyway, I've been trying to pinpoint my origin story. I've been working really hard to figure That's out. That's interesting. Was it, I've been talking to my brothers and was it our dad who got us a VHS tape where I saw yeah. Rusty Brooks? Did I see that on Wrestling Challenge and Superstars? Was it Saturday night's main event that I watched because I tuned in to watch SNL and that came on? Yeah. Like I've been really, but it, I don't know why I brought that up. But I, No, that's interesting. I don't have that moment for me. I don't know what it is. It just, I, I know ones, but I don't know which. I, I know like moments, but I'm not sure if it's the first. You know. But all of that to say is like it's just in me. It's, it's with me. I'm, I'm still to this day fascinated by it. I've worked in it. I've worked around it. Yeah. I've, I've quit it and then come back. And, and honestly, like I have such a great, I, especially this last year in quarantine, having my wrestling text chain yeah. meant the world. Like it was my escape so many times to be able to just like sit and talk about bullshit with those guys yeah, and, and, and laugh. And it's like a shared language. And that's, that's why I was able to step in to confidential. And Evan, when Evan called me and was like, listen, man, uh, you know, somebody gave us your name. We, we think whatever, we had this great conversation and I, I immediately was able to walk into that job with a shorthand because I knew that those dudes knew right. the same stuff I knew, right? They yeah. liked the same stuff I like. So I was able to walk in and be like, okay, let's let's get right into the road warriors. Yeah. Like that was it was so much It's fun. so fast. It's so immediate when you're you're on the same page so quickly. And it's 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 great. It's how like, you know, guys like, well, I move out here and then like I meet like I mean, me and Skylar Aston were cast in a commercial together. That's why we're friends. Like he, I was uh-huh. his we were we were like he was he was like playing himself and I was like his buddy accompanying him to it was like a, uh, a Gillette like razor commercial or something. That's the man can get right. And then yeah, and then like I was with him and then we were just on set talking about wrestling. Like immediately, it's an immediate connection with people. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's great. It's beautiful. And I used to you know working in talk shows like guests used to come yeah. on and I'd always drop some kind of wrestling joke to see and more times than not especially the comedians would be like, Oh, you like wrestling? And they immediately you're in. Yeah. It, it was like that. And then with girls, it was always like, you watch the bachelor. And then yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Anyway, I can, we could talk forever and we should, frankly, if as far as I'm concerned, but tell everyone how they watch the show one last time. And then we'll yeah. get out of and here. Thank you. Uh, listen, dark side of the ring, confidential every Tuesday night on vice at 9 PM. Uh, a few days later, the episodes post to YouTube. Um, we add 30 extra minutes of roundtable chat where we unpack what you just watched in the documentary episodes. We're doing the Von Erichs. We're doing Bruiser Brody. We're doing New Jack. We're doing Owen Hart. We're doing the Montreal Screwjob, which is next week. We're doing the Herb Abram story, which is a story that not many people know, but it's unbelievable. Right. Um, so we we add 30 extra minutes to the hour-long documentaries. We un, we answer all the lingering questions. We have special guests. We have deleted scenes. We make news. We have bombshell, you know, stuff stuff that didn't make it into the episode that we talk about. 
Um, it's such a labor of love. Wrestling awesome. fans will love it. Documentary fans will love it. True crime fans will love it. Um, definitely give it a shot. Check it out, everybody. All right, Andrew, bro, thank you for coming by. You got to come back. I would love to anytime at Ange Gold on Twitter, A-N-G-E-G-O-L-D. Let's let's be curmudgeonly and get off my lawn about uh, about skinny guys and flippy guys and rest. Come on, get off. That's funny. I I literally say on this podcast sometimes. I, I don't mean to be all Gran Torino. So it's funny you go the other way. You go get off my lawn. You uh, yeah. you, you you have another Clint Eastwood approach. Um, uh, you know, because anyway. All right, dude. Thanks for coming by. We gotta go. Bye. We gotta hang. Bye. 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 I hope to see you at a show soon in real life. Kisses. Peace. Please. <laughs>